Hey guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode 179. As always, it's me, Jack, and T, Tierra Nelson, on the other end of the mic. And we'll get started with today's episode, and we'll dig into the last few weeks. I think it's been about a month and a half since our last personal update. Yeah, I think our last life update was just at the end of February. And we are recording this now today on April 16th, 2023. So we've got a few weeks to catch you guys up on. And I guess kind of what started at the beginning of that period was on the 11th of March, Sports Nutrition Australia, they hosted the seminar Women in Sports Nutrition, which was really cool to present at and just such an honor and a privilege. And that was just awesome to be able to present some content on what it's like to be a female coach in this industry who specializes with preparing female athletes for the stage. And that was just awesome to obviously present alongside Dr. Zoya. We had Dr. Louise Burke there, Alicia Gowans. We had Nina, who you guys probably also know as Naturally Nina over on Instagram. But that was just epic, Jack. And I know that I was preparing for that talk for a number of months because Alex told me about the date back in December of last year and I had about three months and I just I got to work with just like preparing this big talk and trying to put down all of my ideas and trying to be really creative with it because I almost treated it as though it was like the ultimate podcast episode for myself and I just wanted to almost congregate everything that I've learned over the last eight years of being involved in this industry whether it be working whether it be studying whether it be competing and kind of put my own spin on everything and if you guys haven't noticed by now with this podcast I have a lot to say so I tried to put so much into this talk, but I only had 60 minutes allocated to my actual speech. And I remember doing my first run through and I got to the one hour mark and I was like, oh crap. I still had like 18 slides left, which <laughs> just made you chuckle because I think you were probably expecting that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you do have a tendency to, to talk. <laughs> well... Yeah, I know. But hell, I'd like to think that it all has value. But either way, I had to be a little bit just cutthroat with myself and be like, all right, all of this is really important, but what's the most important? Or how can I be a little bit more succinct? And I tried to take the approach of like, you'd rather leave the audience wanting more rather than telling them too much. So I had to cut out a few little segments here and there. And you, you got to remember when you do these things, right? It's like the only person who doesn't know what you wanted to say is you. <laughs> like the, the audience doesn't know what was actually going on inside your head. And that's something I think that you need to be at peace with. If you are ever giving a presentation or you're recording a podcast, you just have to be with, at peace with the fact that like you can't say everything and there will always be another opportunity sort of thing. But it was good because even though I had to cut out a few bits here and there, like I actually wanted to do this huge segment on mindset because I think that having a strong mindset is just integral for being a high level competitor. But I was like, ugh, like it's not exactly related to training and nutrition protocols for female physique athletes. But it was great because I found that like all of us women 
we all just complemented one another with our talks. So Alicia Gowans, she did a huge segment on mindset. And Dr. Louise Burke, she did that huge segment on energy availability. Dr. Zoya, she even spoke about, you know, PED use in female athletes. So everyone's talks complemented one another, but either way, that was a spectacular day. I think you might still be able to purchase the online recordings through Sports Nutrition Australia. But if not, I'm hoping that Alex actually makes it more of an annual thing, which would be really neat. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed the day. I think there was a smattering of of males there, but I was lucky to be one of the few present and I had a front row seat, so enjoyed the, the whole experience. Mm, yeah, it was quite an intimate group for sure, but um, it, it was very cool. But that was at the beginning of March. And then ever since then, I think you and I have just pretty much been ticking along with our training and nutrition. I know that you've entered into a new phase. Yes, I have. Yeah, so very recently I've started my mini cut, uh, second mini cut of this improvement season and was definitely something I was looking forward to since my, just my general feeling towards the surplus wasn't wasn't negative it was just more so i was feeling uncomfortable very uncomfortable at that body weight and appetite and food focus wasn't incredibly low so it's been nice to eat a a lesser quantity of food and just to kind of bring everyone up to speed like i was been pretty much in my improvement season since uh, my last season finished which was in the 6th of may pretty much of 2021 so it's been almost two years now in that time, I've pretty much been exclusively gaining for the whole time. I've done one mini cut, which was three weeks, and now I'm basically a week and a half into this next mini cut. So I've done essentially like four and a half to five weeks of mini cutting across two years. Yeah, so that's yeah about one month out of close to 24 months. Mm. Goddamn, not a bad ratio. <laughs> yeah, and so this mini cut is a little bit different because Previously, I started off at roughly like 91, 91 and a half kilos. This time I started off at 95 and a half. So about four kilos of extra body weight. And of course, there's some some new muscle mixed in with that as well. There's no doubt I did start off at a higher body fat as well. But I don't plan to get down as low this time. Last time we went down to like roughly 86 and a half, 87. This time we'll probably go down to roughly 89.5, I think. And then recommence the surplus from there. So I'm already down about three, three-ish kilos. So yeah. <laughs> there, there's Jack Radford Smith for you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm down to, I think I was 92.4 this morning. So that was a decent drop so far, which I've needed. Um, back to eating pretty much solid food now for every meal, which is nice. <laughs> and still keeping food volume very low. Like the plan for this phase is to really not really have to implement any sort of dieting tactics whatsoever. Like the only thing that I've changed that is slightly more towards the dieting front is just literally added in more whole foods. So I've substituted like plain flour to wholemeal flour. I've added in some oats again, but not really with the intention of increased satiation, more so just because I want to be consuming some more whole foods again Mm. and um, brings up my dietary fiber slightly more to 60 grams a day, whereas it was closer to 40 grams at the start of the diet. And I think something very unique to you as well that you had a little trick up your sleeve is that you could go from obviously drinking more shakes to actually just eating solid meals too. 
mm-hmm. which most people, they don't quite get to that point. But for you, that's a great, you know, diet hack. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. And yeah, not much else to say on the nutrition front. It was, a, as you can imagine, it was a fairly big drop from the get-go. I think anyone who pushes their food very high in the improvement season phase, like quite naturally, they're also going to adapt relatively quickly as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm no exception really to that. Like compared to the someone, the average person, I guess, so to speak, like I'm technically still the average person, but maybe just as a slight outlier, but... (laughs) Doesn't that not make you on the center of the bell curve? No, I think I'd be somewhere (laughs) in the center. I'm average, but I'm an outlier. (laughs) I'm an outlier of an average. I think that you're over to the right. (laughs) So yeah, it was roughly a 1600 calorie drop. So I'm down to... I think roughly 400 carb, 50 fat, 275 protein on a training day, which is still, of course, a nice amount of calories to be on. And we'll see if that's get that gets changed, considering I'm already about halfway through the amount of weight loss we need. But And where were you, those macros before you kicked off the diet? I think it was 725 or 750 carb, 90 fat, and 275 protein. Mm. So... That is a lot of food. Mm, it is. <laughs> so training wise, not really anything has changed in that department. I was fortunate enough that the timing around deloads coincided quite well. So I pretty much wrapped up a deload and then had a week of training and then started the mini cut, which has been good. So Sarah and I are planning on going on holidays for three weeks, uh, which is pretty much the longest holiday we would have ever Mm. taken, which is going to be exciting. I think the second to that would be when we went to Hawaii in 2017. Mm, That was for 12 days. Yeah, for 12 days. I I don't think, maybe I've gone on a holiday that was three weeks, like back in high school over Mm. the, over the summer holidays, but it's been at least a decade, I would say, since I've been Mm. away, especially since starting TBD. It's going to be interesting to do that as well as our, fitness journeys as well while on holiday absolutely but it's just unique to us because we've had this business now for going on four years and this is the first time that we're actually taking i guess what you could call a period of annual leave because last year we took our first holiday in three years and we went to bali for seven days which was really nice but I don't know about you, but my clients are always joking about like, they, they actually want me to take a little bit, bit of time away because I think that they recognize just like a lot of online coaches, you're always on, you're, mm. you're always contactable, which, you know, when you do a job that you absolutely love, you can say, well, it doesn't really feel like work because I, I get to, right? It's not that I have to, like I really want to be doing this. But yeah, we are taking three weeks of annual leave, I guess you could say, um, which I think will be really good to just fully recharge our batteries. And also like, it's just gonna be a spectacular trip because we're spending a week in Washington in the US where we'll be visiting my grandparents where they live on this beautiful little island right off the West Coast. And then we'll be flying over to the UK and we'll be visiting my sister and her partner in London and we'll be going to Oxford. And then we'll be flying over to Pathos in Greece because my sister's actually getting married there. And my family, they've rented this big Airbnb right on the coastline and we're all gonna be together flying from all different parts of the world to uh, to celebrate this wedding. So the US to then the UK to then Greece. 
it's um, gonna be one hell of a trip. But I think those three weeks will definitely be enough for us to be like, wow, okay, we are mm. vacationed out. Let's get back to the bodybuilding grind. Cause after that, you know, I'll pretty much be going into my prep in the months following. After my prep's concluded, you'll be going into your prep. So it's kind of our last period, you know, to really just unwind before we then go full throttle for at least another year and a half. Yeah. I, it's also going to be usually where I used to the kind of resort holiday where mm. everything's catered for us. And I think it's going to be, I think we're both reached the age now where, I mean, that personally doesn't really appeal as much to me. I think three holidays back to back of that sort of style, not really something I'm too interested in. So I'm very much looking forward to traveling on the go a bit more, although, and like our fitness is going to take a backseat. There's no doubt about that. We're not here trying to say that we're going to still go to the gym five days a week because that's not a holiday anymore that you're just, again, doing. Mm. We still love going to the gym, of course, but there becomes a point where you have to compromise too much Mm. and in order to get to the gym and to track your macros, et cetera. Mm. So, and we're both more than capable of managing our nutrition without tracking macros Mm. and your physique isn't going to go anywhere over the course of three weeks. Like we'll probably aim to go to the gym once or twice a week Mm. and have some, the best sessions that we can get done. But yeah, it's not, uh, it's not designed to be a fitness holiday. Oh, not at all. I think that you and I as well have reached a point where we're so mature in the sense of like, we just, we're not fearful in any sense of like, oh my God, you know, all this hard work I've put into my physique over the last decade, it's just gonna fade away in three weeks because I'm not gonna do my five standard sessions. I'm gonna be doing just two full body sessions, you know? Like you and I both know enough now, we're just at peace with the fact that provided you're still providing some sort of resistance training stimulus, provided that you're still eating nutritionally, like muscle mass, it's not just gonna just fall right off you (laughs) and even if you do lose a few grams man like muscle memory it's a real thing it just bounces right back so i think you and i are not fearful in that sense at all which is which is nice and i don't think that would have been the case five years ago (laughs) no and it wasn't (laughs) when we were in hawaii (laughs) when we were in hawaii we were there for 12 days we rented some bikes and we literally it was beautiful do not get me wrong but you and i we got a week-long pass to this us gym which was an awesome gym what was it Mm. called again i don't know oh club kona or something We, we stayed on the island of kona but we rented these bikes and we would literally cycle i think it was anywhere between six to eight kilometers to the gym and then back again but it was this beautiful just road right along the hawaiian beaches and you saw these cruise ships coming in and yeah that was absolutely stunning but yeah, we did spend all of those days in Hawaii, like biking, gymming, and then we'd go snorkeling in between and surfing. That was one hell of a trip though. But we definitely were still like, can't lose our gains. Mm, we're a bit too orthorexic back then. <laughs> yeah, but now, you know, I think it's gonna be um, just, it's gonna be really good for us, right? Mm. If you if you wanna use that word balance, I think it's the most balanced that we've probably ever been. Yeah. <laughs> 
but that's just going to be a spectacular trip for sure and a really nice little kind of getaway and break but just again to kind of recharge the batteries because we're heading into the thick of season a right now with a number of our competitors getting on stage over the next coming weeks and then we're going away for those three weeks and then when we come back we're then going into the thick of season b for the rest of the year which is going to be an even larger season with more shows more competitors compared to season a so it's a it's good timing Mm. yeah and i guess moving back to my mini cunt the last couple points i just wanted to touch on was one i'm kind of glad that i'm mini cutting before the holiday because i don't want to be like a sloth on the holiday and I don't like going on holiday and I would end up losing weight on the holiday anyway if I went at my peak of 95 mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be that great if I lost like five kilos on the mini cut without doing the training. <laughs> so I think it'll be nice to have an appetite going into the holiday and I don't know, like I will probably bring some body weight scales or at least I will mm. just to kind of roughly keep track of uh, what my body weight is because mm-hmm. I've said this before, but I personally find it very useful. If I'm not going to be able to track food, then at least I can monitor body weight and and then see those general trends mm. so that I know, okay, if my weight is going up, I know I can just scale back a little bit. And sure, not necessary for everyone, but considering that I am a physique athlete, it makes sense mm. to at least monitor that. And considering that it's three weeks, mm. right? It's not just three days or just one week sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Mm. We will need to get a new suitcase though. (laughs) (laughs) But what I think is important there is that you're literally taking scales for us so that, you know, we make sure that we're maintaining weight. Because like Mm. you said, like you don't want to be going on a holiday with the intention to lose weight if you're not providing that regular resistance training stimulus. Again, you and I are going to get into a gym at least two to three times a week probably. And that's going to be fun because like, especially over in the UK, you know, checking out some really cool gyms over there and, you know, training with their new kit, (laughs) as they like to call it. Pretty keen. Which, what new kit is that? (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's a new kit. It will be new kit to us, but here in Australia, people don't really call it. I I wouldn't, when you say kit, I think, I think clothes, like you're, you're wearing a new kit. Oh, no, in the UK, like, you know, all of our, all the social media people we follow that live over there, they always call gym equipment kit. Mm. Here, what do we call it? Equipment. (laughs) But I think something that I learned from this most recent push-up phase as well is it really does, if you're aiming to be a natural bodybuilder, then you are going to have to experience those push-up phases in order to accrue the most muscle that you can. Because if you're constantly hovering around a comfortable area for you, let's say like you naturally feel good like in the lower 80s, and if you're looking to be the biggest natural bodybuilder that you can be, and you keep going up from like 80 to 85 and then mini-cutting back down again, like you are going to grow muscle, of course, but potentially not the most that you can. Mm. So although I did accrue probably the most body fat that I've ever done, maybe not actually, because I was 94 a few years ago. So mm. I think I was probably a higher body fat then, but definitely the most uncomfortable for whatever reason at 95 and a half. Maybe it was literally just that amount of weight on your frame that mm. your body just really registered as like, wow, this is just heavy. Yeah, it could be. I think genetics does definitely play a role. Mm. But I think that really paid off and I can, I can see myself potentially reaching triple digits sometime in the future. Mm. 
obviously considering I'll still be natural bodybuilding for competitively for literally if everything goes to plan another two decades after this so mm. yeah or maybe even longer than that but I think I'll be won't reach my peak probably for an, at least another 10 to 15 years mm. so yeah mm. <laughs> that's crazy I think we're not even close to halfway through mm. <laughs> haven't even reached our first full decade of actually competing yeah yeah but I think that's a really good point that you made right and like obviously being uncomfortable it's going to be subjective from the feeling itself obviously just expressing that feeling to someone else in terms of like your coach but also it's subjective in the way that you look too because someone could look at your physique and be like man you're in top notch like how could you be uncomfortable and you're like I'm really struggling here Mm. (laughs) but I also think there's something to be said too for doing those sort of push-up phases having the guts to do them when you're in your younger earlier years you wouldn't wait until you're like 41 to then be like, yeah, now it's time to start doing proper push-up. Do it in your mid-20s, mm. right? Because like that's when you're actually probably more so you're like really like you're you have more muscle plasticity in that sense, right? Probably just more potential slightly for more not newbie gains, but probably more rapid phases of growth if you do it in your younger years rather than being hesitant to do so. And then finally, when you reach into your forties, then you're like, yeah, you know, this improvement season, let's put on 15 kilos. Mm. Yeah. Which I mean, 15 kilos is fairly standard, mm. but well, 15 well, kilos. Not, not for the person you were talking about before who only mm. hovers between well, 80 to 85. If, yeah. yeah. Tends what if you're talking about 15 kilos from their stage weight, mm. that's different from 15 kilos from a healthy body fat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's enough about me. What's, how's your training and nutrition been going? Oh, fantastic, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess kind of just a, a quick little recap is that I wrapped up a mini cut last year where I pushed from 69 down to 65.1. And then I wrapped that up at the very beginning of December. And then I actually held a body weight within a very, very close range, kind of purposely holding myself at maintenance between 65.4 and 65.9 kilos on average. So hovering between that 500 gram mark for actually about 12 weeks. But during that time, I got my calories up from, it finished at the end of the diet on average, like 1,504 calories to be exact. (laughs) And then I got them up on average to 2,558 calories on average. I take, I track all my data. So I'm just like, if I'm going to say a number, I might as well say what the actual value was. But that was a really interesting phase for me to purposely hold myself at maintenance. I would say, you know, it wasn't the exact same body weight, given that I was able to get my food up. A lot of that weight would have been from food bulk, glycogen, hydration status. And I would argue a little bit of muscle mass too during that phase as well. And then at the kind of end of February, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to increase my calories on average up to the low 2,600s. And then that was just that little nudge enough for me to then now over the past seven weeks, I've been able to push my body weight up. It's hovering anywhere between 66.6 to 66.9 kilos on average. So a few extra hundred grams up over the last two months or so, but that's just really interesting data for me to have under my belt right now. And I would even argue, man, during that little maintenance phase, 
I even like looking back at like the few physique updates I've posted on my Instagram social media, I can see the changes in my physique. And it's translated obviously from my training performance too, because what I've learned from myself is that I can handle a reverse diet pretty damn well. And I usually have this very positive rebound in the sense that during a dieting phase, I can, you know, suck myself down in terms of just like losing body fat, calories have to get pretty low. But then when I bounce back, training performance goes through the roof. I can get my calories back up to a decent level in a relatively short period of time. And just, I feel fantastic. You know, quality of life is high. My creativity is high. My energy levels are great. My, you know, quality of sleep is really good, etc. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating data for me to have. And uh, about a week and a half ago, I had a consult with Joey and we took some skin folds. And interestingly enough, that day I weighed in at 66.8 kilograms, which was a kilogram and a half heavier from when I'd seen him previously about four months prior at the end of the cut, which when I was 65.3. And across all nine sites for skin folds, my skin folds were actually down by one millimeter, which was pretty, pretty interesting to me. And uh, two of the sites that were actually down um, most significantly were my triceps and my quads. And lo and behold, if you look at my logbooks from training, I've been getting ridiculously stronger in those movements. Like now for my weighted dips, I can do sets of six and seven with a 15 kilogram plate. I've been getting much stronger with my Smith machine lunges. Like now I'm actually over a hundred kilograms for that lift. I, this past week I did sets of seven with 102.5. Like my true squats have gone up. That true squat machine that we use at rigs Last year, when we started training there in October, I actually remember failing with like 15 kilograms on the machine, probably because I wasn't neurologically just accustomed to it. And it was probably a little bit more mental too, but I still remember failing and having to climb out of that thing. Now, I yesterday I did two sets of seven with 31.25 kilos, so over twice the weight for more reps. Even dumbbell chest press. This past week, I actually did something I've always wanted to attempt in my life, and I actually did five reps with the 25 kilo dumbbells for dumbbell incline chest press, which was pretty cool. You know, I, I'm pretty damn proud of that, especially considering, you know, I don't have little T-Rex arms, right? Like I've got like these really long giraffe limbs. So it's actually a fair distance that my arms have to travel <laughs> when I'm doing a pressing movement compared to these other girls. I'm just jealous in a sense. Cause I'm like, God, you're so strong. Cause like the weight has to move half the distance. It's just like, doot, doot. <laughs> mine's like, <laughs> but either way, like, I think there's something to be said for that. If, if obviously you are experiencing body recomposition, it has to be reflected in your training performance. If you're getting stronger in certain lifts, that's where you can probably expect to be growing more muscle mass in those areas. I even made a fun little reel about that on my Instagram talking about how, you know, my goal is to be strong from every angle. Cause the way I see it, if you can get strong for reps, then that's gonna translate into changes in your physique. So if you wanna look good from every angle, make sure you're getting strong from every angle. You're not neglecting any muscle groups. So- Would you do another maintenance phase like that again? Yeah, so that kind of leads me on to my next point is that 
I've noticed this over the past number of times I've always come out of a dieting phase. Like I just, I, it's, I look even better. I perform even better. Everything is better post diet. So I kind of propose this idea to Joey in the sense of like, Hey, what do you think about this? Because right now it's pretty stock standard for people to do, you know, a pre prep phase where they run a mini cut, you lose a few kilograms, you go into a maintenance phase of anywhere between maybe four to eight weeks, and then you start the comp prep itself. And most people are starting their preps these days, 25 weeks out from show one. That's pretty stock standard right now. And I've, I've done that before, but from my past number of preps, what I've really learned about my own physique is that I am a bit more susceptible to muscle loss, especially if I am chronically dieted. Like there's no doubt I, I can do it. You know, I can diet for 25 plus weeks. I can get it done, but I just, I've never felt like it's really delivered my absolute best physique to stage. With that, of course, I recognize that I'm older now. I have more muscle mass on me. So of course, the next time I step on stage, I'm gonna look better regardless. But like, I am so freaking determined to bring my absolute best next year. And I wanna do everything in my power to do that. So I had this idea that I proposed to Joey in the sense of like, hey, rather than doing just a 25 week straight prep, what if we broke it into two chunks? So what if let's say that I start off my prep at let's say 69 kilograms again, because I'm looking at starting later this year, probably around the August, September time. That's either when I would start a prep or I would have probably started my pre-prep anyway, a few months after we get back from our holiday. So that gives me between now and kind of August to still inch up maybe another kilogram and a half to two kilos or so from my current body weight, which is a pretty good rate of gain. But if I started my prep at 69 kilos, right, rather than just doing a short and sweet mini cut, then holding, then finishing the job through a 25 week prep, what if I kind of extended that pre-prep phase and made that an initial dieting phase, went from 69, let's say down to 63, maybe even 62 kilograms, get down to that point where it's like, Okay, yeah, you're looking pretty lean right now. Obviously not quite staged lean yet, but stopping the diet right before I experience those just really gnarly dieting symptoms like the sleep insomnia, you know, the very high levels of food focus, just like training performances just in in the trash can sort of thing. Stopping it there and then purposely going into a maintenance phase for this past, you know, maintenance phase I held for 12 weeks, doesn't necessarily have to be that long, but let's say six to eight weeks, really get my calories back up, get my strength back up, continue to recomp at that body weight, and then get back into prep and finish the job like over the next eight weeks, and then have a few weeks up my sleeve to then lead into that first show, which will be IFBB in April of next year. So I proposed that idea to him and he was actually pretty on board which I'm really happy with. And I would really be just curious to be a little guinea pig in that sense and kind of try that out because I have high hopes for it. I think for me as an individual, there's a lot more pros to that than cons. So that's kind of a potential idea for my prep later this year. So that probably does look at me kind of technically starting my prep around August or so, and then holding a maintenance phase over like probably that November, December-ish period, and then getting back into prep next year, starting January, leading into the shows. IFBB will be throughout April. ICN's gonna be throughout May. WNBF will be thrown in there in the mix too. But that's kind of just a rough plan.
Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the point I just want to get across is that like, I, I'm not trying to do this so that I can make it easier in any sense. I think if you're undertaking a prep, it's going to be tough regardless. I just want to maintain as much muscle mass as I possibly can. And I also just want to have the absolute best experience possible. Mm. You look lean over summer as well. Is that partly the reason? <laughs> oh yeah. And just so, you know, I can enjoy all the Christmas festivities and, you know, all the social events, right? <laughs> Seems like a good hack. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the real reason. Yeah. Jackie called me out on that one. <laughs> I know how much you like Christmas ham. <laughs> the whole five and a half kilos of it, right? Yep. <laughs> but even that's not going to gain me a whole kilo of body fat. So. It's all G. <laughs> nah, but I, th I think it'll be interesting. And, you know, you guys were speaking the other day on the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast about how right now we have this pretty gold standard way of prepping, but like, who knows in the coming years, things might change, right? Like, who knows in the coming years, maybe people will start to implement this sort of protocol where they might split up. Because when you think about it, 25 weeks of straight up dieting, like that's a long ass time. It's half a year basically in an energy deficit, ultimately kind of just relying on your body's own stored energy sources and trying to just like exploit those. Like maybe it might be more strategic for people's overall enjoyment, their muscle retention, their training performance, overall health, girls with their menstrual cycles potentially to just do it in chunks. Mm. Just an idea. But I think the probably the big, you know, just barrier for a lot of people is it's not physically whether they could do it. It's more psychologically. Like a lot of people, you know, to say it bluntly, they just suck at dieting, right? A, a lot of people physically are capable of reverse dieting. It's more a psychological discipline adherence thing where that's where sometimes people just, you know, let the reins a little bit too loose and they have to get into that mindset of a prep where it's like, they almost have to be so goal driven that it's like, I'm in this phase now, you know, and I'm not exiting till the job's done. Like they can't really get wrap their head around potentially taking, you're still in prep, but just a bit of a break away from the actual, you know, energy deficit side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just so many facets to it. And like I've had a similar discussion with my coach about starting leaner versus starting a little bit heavier. And he personally wants me to start on the slight heavier end because he doesn't want me to get too lean too quickly mm. and start to experience those negative side effects too soon and just may be in the prep at that lower body fat for too long. So again, everyone, everyone's going to have a slightly different opinion and everyone's going to respond differently mm. as well. Like me, maybe me at the equivalent of you at 62, 63, that for me would probably be in the low 80s. Mm. And that for me, maintaining that would, I think that would have, potentially have more cons than pros. If mm. I was to main something, maintain a body weight myself, it would probably be above 85, like it would mm. be 85 to, or 84 to 86 mm. maybe. Yeah, that's what will be unique about this too, is that like, I need to find that point. I know that during my last dieting phase, it was at 65, I felt fine. You know, I didn't, it was only four and a half weeks of a mini cut. I wasn't chronically dieted in any sense. It was like one month. But I think what really takes a toll on me is just the timing aspect. I think that I'm personally just a little bit sensitive to that. But yeah, I'll have to find that point for myself where it's like, wow, okay, this feels a bit spicy now. And 
regardless of how much food I'm eating, you know, I still just, I'm still waking up at 2.30 in the morning, right? And I'm just like, just those really just feelings of low energy, right? And just being a little bit irritable. All of those sort of negative symptoms that come with the tail end of a prep. Mm. Yeah, so yet to find out. But I think it'll be interesting, you know, to, to say the least. For sure. Yeah, well, um, that's kind of all of the points that I had thought up, and I think that's a pretty good recap. We kind of need to get going because we've actually got a show to attend to this morning. Yesterday was the IFBB Queensland show, and today is the ICN Sunshine Coast show where we've got some clients competing, and uh, also got, got, we've got three other clients competing in other states as well. So today in Queensland, we've got Martina and Nicole, and they'll both be competing in fitness and sports model. But then down in Victoria, we've got two of our clients. We've got Agnes and Allie, who are both competing in figure and bikini respectively. And then Amelia, she's competing in South Australia in the fitness division too. So yeah, lots of people getting on stage today, but mm. you know, we thought we'd kick off this Sunday morning with a podcast and now off to a bodybuilding show. Very exciting. <laughs> but you know, before we head off, Jack, I want to know what is something that you would like to improve on this week? So pretty easy one considering I'm in a mini car, just continue to drop weight and maintain performance in the gym will be the most critical aspect, especially on my pushing. I think pulling and lower body pushing and pulling like maintain very well or everything's continued to go up. Pushing upper body wise definitely takes a bit of a hit. So the main goal will be for my upper and the push session to ensure that everything's moving accordingly. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? Ooh, this week I want to improve my driving skills because we do have two cars now and I'm still yet to learn how to drive the car that can supposedly drive itself, but- It's only been three months. It's, yeah, and I have been chauffeured, which has been very nice, but this week I am putting it on our to-do list so that I can learn to drive your new Tesla. So yeah, do you trust me? Mm, well, at least it's probably a better driver than you, so. <laughs> It's not very nice. <laughs> it's not like it's a manual or some sort of alien software. Like it's, yeah, it's just a normal you, car. You still got to get used to it because obviously like, you know, when you indicate, you have to look at the screen. You don't necessarily look out of your blind spots because mm. they're blind. Uh, but it's just getting used to, you know, the new dashboard and just being in a new driver's seat. Yeah. For some, like a, a nifty fact about the Tesla, most people wouldn't know this. I had no idea. I kind of got a surprise driving it for the first time but because it's an electric engine there's no there's no engine that's constantly running in the tesla so as soon as you take your foot off the gas like or off the battery i guess <laughs> there there's no momentum like there's no continued running of the engine so it it's almost like as soon as you step your foot off the accelerator you brake immediately mm. so you have to kind of balance that off like i actually rarely use the brake unless you need to break or stop abruptly because as soon as you take your foot off like you slow down immediately mm -hmm. that's just the number one thing you got to get used to another cool little thing about it is that it doesn't just have a trunk it has a frunk <laughs> because it doesn't obviously have the engine right so what's usually under the hood it's well, now it empty one, but it... it's underneath but you mm. know what it doesn't like a normal car it doesn't have the engine at the very front yeah, it's just so. more compact yeah, so there's the frunk, and you can put things in the frunk. 
Like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Chuck it in the frunk. Chuck it in the trunk. Yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> if, just in case. <laughs> what? You've got junk in the frunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. You heard it here first. Well, anyway, if you did enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD, and we will catch you next week.